Ziplining across a vast valley, roasting s'mores beside the lake, whitewater rafting, relaxing beside an ocean view pool. Well, trying to at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina. So when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at discoversouthcarolina.com. Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson and the 12th In Sports Network crew powered by Isagenics. The Extra Extra in Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network powered by Sagenix. Yes, we did this yesterday, but yes, we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it today as Joe Calabrese, a colleague with TSN, and then Jerry Gertz from Curling Zone. Joe, you put it, uh, I don't remember where you put it, if you said it to me, if I saw it on a post, the greatest day in USA Curling history, and it's not over yet. John Schuster defeats Canada Team USA will play for the gold medal. USA, USA, <laughs> USA. Yeah, man. What a! I'm super pumped for this. This was uh, some game. I mean, the U.S. just uh, did everything they had to do, made every clutch shot they needed, and got a couple breaks. But uh, at the end of the day, they're going for gold. Yeah, it's pretty neat, neat to to see this uh, take off and blow up. To be honest, I didn't really think it was possible. Um, even even getting late into that game, you know, you, you saw Schuster's team playing well and out shooting Cooey's team, but Cooey with the hammer in that eighth end still, you know, they were on on the scoreboard and with the hammer in their hands, they were totally controlling that game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and then that turnabout, that steal of two where, where Cooey came up way short and shocking moment to be honest and yeah i think uh you guys uh, got the best of us twice today the women's hockey yeah. uh Heard the women's hockey too. gold medal game and then uh the curling semifinal so uh, good, on, good on you it's a day of <laughs> yeah, morning in canada it's it's not a good day for canadian olympic sports fans <laughs> that's for sure the, the shock i take a different I take a different perspective on that is that, you know what, the, the United States doing well in curling is great for our game. And I think the growth and the opportunity we'll see out of it is worth sacrificing a win like this, to be honest. Yeah. I, to me, I will say that I was more shocked by the Team USA women's hockey win than I was of Schuster and them winning. I felt there was I, – I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling going into this – this thing, I'll tell you guys a story here in a little bit, but they're, they're just, I, it, Specs and I, who we had on the podcast yesterday, Dustin Tomasetti, and you know, I don't remember if we said it in the podcast, but I, I know I told him, I said, look, I've, I've got this gut feeling that they're going to win this game against Canada. Are they going to win the gold? I don't know, but they're, I, I feel deep down in my bones that these guys are going to play for it. There just seems to be a destiny with this team, and especially 
the skipper that it's it it's his time. Uh, it's just his time uh, now, and I will still say and maintain. I don't know if John and these guys are going to win the gold. I pray and hope they do, but I don't have the this feeling like I did going into the game uh, that we just saw here a couple hours ago against Canada, where you know I felt pretty confident these guys are going to find a way to win. I I don't know about that against Adine oh. because Adine is uh, John has had his success against Nicholas, but at this point. You're a he- these guys are heroes. Gold, silver. I want gold, but hell, it doesn't matter because whatever does happen, it's going to be the gr- the greatest day on Saturday early in the morning at one thirty five when the game concludes, probably about four a.m. The greatest day in USA curling history because nobody's ever tasted gold or silver. Well, this might be the greatest day in U.S. Olympic Winter Olympic history. You know, we harken back to the miracle on ice in nineteen eighty. This day, February 22nd, was when that happened against Russia. Mm -hmm. Again today, the U.S. curling team knocks off the dominant Canadian team. You know, I think there's some pretty strong comparisons between the Russians and the uh, the Russian hockey team at the time and the the Canadian curling team and the Canadian curling in general. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the the, the storyline is amazing. And, and, you know, what this means to John as a person as a as a personality uh, you know it's total redemption yeah. for Schuster and 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 uh you know I, I saw a lot of tweets out there today where people were basically apologizing for the things they said in the past yep and yep. uh you know it's pretty neat to to see him overcome that uh that history yep yep yeah it's a good day for John for sure i mean can't imagine all the pressure that he was feeling. He saw some of that uh, come out, I guess, when uh, they beat Canada the first time this past week. But, um, you know, in this particular game, after the uh, second end where Kui uh, threw the rock a little bit too deep for his two, it just felt like there was something happening there, that, mm-hmm. that the U.S. had some control of their game, and they were just uh, they were not going to be denied today. And I hope that we, we see that same fire in the gold medal match. And I, I believe yeah. we're gonna, I just, I don't see these personalities not, um, not embracing that. The The question is whether they can harness that instead of uh, kind of let it get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think they'll be okay. It's, it's with, with John. And I think with the rest of that team, their confidence comes from past success. And, you know, the fact that they have had success against the Dean will, will help them out. And, and, you know, it'll allow them to actually believe that they can win that game, realistically win that game, um, which is good. You know, I think yeah. it's going to be a fun final. Nicholas is definitely the, the the favorite. The way they're playing right now, the way they've played all season, you know, this is the number one ranked team in the world. And outside of Gushu, you know, it's the only team that uh, that really is at that level right now. Hey, so before we get too deep into the into the gold medal matchup, did you watch uh, the the tiebreaker last night, the the Switzerland game, and the shot that they had to make for five there to end it? Oh, of course, I watched that them all. Was un- that was, I'm sure you did, but that was <laughs> that was amazing. The whole it, we we were at our curling club after our our league game, and we were watching that, and our our warm room exploded. We thought it was one of the best shots we've ever seen. The key to that shot is, is you really only had to do one thing there, and that was get through the hole. Yeah. You know, so you simplify the shot and you look at it that way. You know, as long as you call the line right and you get that rock through the hole, 
it wasn't a very big hole, that's for sure. There wasn't much room on either side to get through. And then once he got through, it was, uh, you know, it was gold. Yeah, um, it was amazing. It's unfortunate that they didn't follow it up, but that was uh, quite the shot to get there. They got their chance at bronze coming up. Yeah, and, you know, I think that was the, for, for Switzerland, I think that was the realistic expectation coming in to, yep. to be playing for bronze. For them, it's going to be tough to have to face Canada, but, you know, there's kind of a, there's a little bit of a double-edged sword there because that's not the game the Canadian team was expecting to play in either. Right. So it's how does that team rebound after losing a semifinal in a game that they were supposed to win and, you know, the pressure on the backs from all the Canadian fans and, and every all the build-up from that, you know? That's the- <laughs> Hey, not not to interrupt, uh, I, I've just got to ask this, and I tweeted it out during the game, and honestly at this point, I don't remember if it was from the Schuster account or my account, but do you think anybody's woken Mr. T up at this point? Because, you know, he tweeted 12 <laughs> hours ago, 12 hours ago, all right, U.S. men's curling team, it's all up to you, I'll be watching and hearing you guys on play hard but play smart. I wonder if anybody has got the heart to wake T up because we really could have used him this morning. We certainly can use him in the wee hours of the morning on Saturday, but I'm just hoping at some point after this entire experience, like Jerry mentioned to me, I hope we can get T live tweeting about curling, but I would love to see in T's uh, Twitter uh, uh, profiler profile, footballer, wrestler, soldier, bouncer, bodyguard, and actor slash or comma curler. Yeah. That you would know what? be cool. Are you, are you coming? Are you coming to Hollywood there, uh, Price? I yeah, I you had an entry in. Had a conversation. Had a, had a conversation with the wife about that last night. More more on that later. We we will do that off air. All right, but there is there is a chance. There is a good chance, uh-huh. when, especially when she said, "Why don't you go without me?" I was like, "No, this is one I think you probably want to be a part of. That would be a lot of fun." But anyway, more on that later. Yeah. But. Okay. We got to kind of think that we got to get Mr. T out to that event. Oh God! It's the celebrity. The whole thing there about this Hollywood spiel is, is they do a a celebrity game on the Saturday night, where what they do is, is they've got a bunch of top level curlers, Uh and then they bring in a bunch of Hollywood celebrities. You know, we've had people like uh, Will Wheaton there. Um, There's was was Christy Swanson. Yeah, yeah, Christy Swanson. And and lots of other actors and actresses that uh, you know that have been interested and involved in playing the game. Yeah. You know what? I think some. You know, I think that'd be the perfect opportunity to get Mr. T out to come try the game. Oh, totally. While we're at it, while we're at it, Kirstie Alley might as well come out too. <laughs> All right, don't let's not go there. I, you know what? I said I wasn't going. I'm not going to touch that one today because we've. Uh, I, it, it, in my point, in my mind, we, we've got gold on the on the table. Uh, we move pa- we've moved past the uh you know the the wannabes you know but you know here's the thing you mentioned it uh joe and and you also talked about it jerry yesterday and, and but already you know seeing the twitter the twitterites the social mediaites you know apologizing and you know as much as i want to see all five of these guys you know do well get a you know, just make the podium i'm making the playoffs honestly was to me, it was just epic. And then now, what's going on now? We're just look, <laughs> just let it roll the dice. But just the for the redemption factor, John having to put up with so many things that he has put up with for eight years, maybe even longer than that, but a solid eight years. The uh, the memes, the 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 uh, the questions 
talking behind his back, the insults to his face behind his back, to be able to have this this story that he's writing and to have this moment of satisfaction, and, and he's done it himself. I mean, and he's, he should have all the satisfaction within himself and himself only, beside obviously his teammates, because this is him. He took this on himself, yep. self-formed an entire team, was not involved in the HP when it was started. He forms a team himself. He loses 40 to 50 pounds. He gets in the best shape of his life. He changes, you know, really in a lot of ways who he is on the ice, becomes much more mature, is playing more events. This is, a, this is a redemption story that you look just simply in the walls and in his heart, and it is because of him. Yeah, oh, he's put in all the work. He's made it happen. You know, I think I think you know. You talk about the the high performance program and everything around it too. There's definitely a big hand in in that and and what's what's happened there in the United States and the growth of of a high performance sport or high performance uh, uh, a high performance approach to the sport. Yeah, and you know, it's John has bought into it too. That's the other part of it is that yes, he formed his own team. But following that first year where he won the Nationals, went to the Worlds in, in Halifax in Canada, and they, they finished, they made a tiebreaker. The year after that, they were fully embraced by the program, mm -hmm. and they have fully embraced the program. Yeah, They do all the things they need to do. You know, they put the work in. You know, these are all things that were, you know, were re rejected by the teams of past and and but you know we it's it's an evolution it's it's like yeah. this everywhere canada went through this in the in the 1980s uh into the 90s as well you know there's this whole story about uh uh curling canada telling ed wernick to lose weight yeah and it became and it blew up and became a thing they created some throw together teams where they where they put the best athletes together and they also had teams that were self formed you know this is not it's not a surprise with the way it's evolved in the United States either, because mm -hmm. it takes time for a program like this to, to, to work. It takes time for people to buy into it and the reasons for it. So, you know, I think uh, the results here, both Nina and John uh, are, you know, uh, are a testament to the great work going on uh, with the program. Yeah. Let's not discount the idea that, you know, this program has pushed uh fewer teams but some of the best uh people we have in the country at curling and put them together and, and had them push each other to some degree i i schuster's done this uh and his team has done this uh, on their own but they've been pushed by other other teams and mm -hmm. it could have just as easily been mccormick in these in these olympics and um you know somebody like plies and, and that whole group of people uh, should be commended as well, and it, they're it, they're a small part of this victory uh, and this medal. Uh, yeah, as well as John and his team for for making it happen. I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. They wouldn't see it that way, probably. I hope that they would because everybody, you know, helping raise the bar. It takes it. It it's not just one team and not one guy that raises the bar. I mean, you've got to collectively be pushed to be at your best, to improve your game. You know, if you walk into Spiels yeah. and are just, you know, running roughshod, I mean, where's the incentive to continue to work and spend an extra hour in, on the ice or in the gym? You know, it's – it's yeah. you got to have those that are pushed. And I, I'll tell you guys a story because um, a friend of mine from the Washington Post, uh, he's a sports columnist there, and uh, 
that might actually be him in the background right there. I'm not sure. Uh, excited <laughs> over the over the win, but. Uh, Chuck Culpepper and I go way back a long time, and um, he was sending me some messages just a little while ago because he's he was at the uh, the venue at the curling center in South Korea. He's over covering the Olympics, and uh, he had some questions about curling, so he was sending me a bunch of email or uh, texts, and I was walking him through things, and he was asking some questions about John. And it's funny because he brought up, he said, Price, is, how ironic is it we, we had some of the same conversation in Atlanta at 4 a.m. Uh, last Last month, and we were at the national championship game, the college football playoff in Atlanta. And after the Alabama Georgia thriller that we watched, we were back at the media hotel and in the, in the media lounge. And he hadn't had a beer since he stayed at my house about a year and a half ago. And he had one, and we were talking about 4 a.m. I was talking with him and Barry Servilia from the Washington Post. And you know, I was like, What's next? And they're like, oh, Getting ready to go to South Korea, cover the Olympics. I'm like, You need guys need to stop by the curling venue to see. Uh, you know, to see both uh, our teams, Nina and uh, John. And, um, you know, Barry kind of laughed. And, uh, you know, John, uh, Chuck said, I might have to, might have to mosey over there. And, and Chuck writes from kind of a unique perspective, but he's got a column coming up on John. And, you know, I was telling him a, a few things, and he was, was fact-checking some of the stuff too. But there was a story that I – and I did – I never – the emotional side of this thing is, is, is just where it's, you know, wanting that redemption for John. And, you know, I told Chuck, I was like, you know, I got a story to tell you sometime. I, you need to hear it because, you know, we've talked about John and the kind of person he is and, 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 and the big heart he has and just what a great guy he is deep down. And, you know, I think, Jerry, you mentioned yesterday, you know, a lot of people see the loud – you know, skip on the ice. Sometimes they see the swagger a little bit every now and then. But you know, deep down, deep down, John is just an authentic, a warm, kind, caring. Uh, wears his heart on his sleeve. And you know, last year at nationals, and I hadn't told this story before, um, but I I don't remember when it was when we were there. It was I, probably middle of the week, uh, Joe. Um, and mm-hmm. you remember I was doing the on ice interviews. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and getting people in the crowd and. I went over and I met a a family on the far side, right down sitting front row. Uh, They were from Everett. They were a family of, I think, seven, five kids. I met the husband and wife. Um, They had a newborn, probably was not even about three or four months old. Front row, she's nursing him, and I'm I'm talking with both of them. And afterwards, they tell me, they, you know, they said, yeah, we wanted to come out. We really love curling. Um, You know, and he kind of said, you know, it's, you know, financially – you know, kind of difficult, but we said we definitely wanted to be here to at least see one game. I said, "Were well, y'all going to come tomorrow night?" He's like, "No, uh, you know, we really we can't afford it. We're we're saving for a house." And boy, I I lost it. I mean, I I had to turn and walk away. And I was like, "Wow, that is that's that they spent their money to come here and experience this." And um, he's like, "Yeah, it's just I've always seen him on TV, and you know, he, you know, he talked about John and always seeing some of the players wanting to see him in person." So John wasn't playing in that draw, and I walked over and I found him and Sierra. And I'd only known John for by what three or four days at this point, and he had been warm yeah. to me and been very kind. And so I, I walked up and said, hey, Sarah, I got a question. Do you think John would do something for me? So I asked John, I said, hey, would you walk over here and come see this family um, and just come say hello to him and thank him for coming? And, he, and so I walked John down there and I introduced him to him. And when I get back up to the booth and probably 45 minutes later, I looked down and John's still over there talking with the family. Uh, it just He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to leave just hanging out, watching the games. He went down there and spent um, probably close to end up being an hour with them 
just talking with them, getting to know them, uh, being a friend to them. And, you know, we got them some tickets, and they were able to come to the games the next night, and I saw them, and I actually sent Peter uh, a, a message this morning and said, hey, I hadn't talked to you in a, in, in a couple months, but I hope uh, you remember meeting that uh, that curler, John Schuster, because, and your son, and he had his oldest son, I said, because that guy might very well win a gold medal. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story. And, you know what, I think – you know, I, I don't want to sell John short, but that is a, a great curling story, too. Yeah. You see so many people part of our game who, who do that type of thing. And it's 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 what makes working in this sport so amazing. Exactly. And yeah. and, you know, the, the people, the athletes, they're they're they're, you know, they, they really put in a lot for the game and they love the game and they want to see the growth in the uh, in the game, too. And yeah. and John Schuster is a hundred percent that type of person, that that real personality, and and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, it yeah. really is neat to hear stories like that. Yeah, and Joe, that's when I said, you know, it, it, the, the, something like that with you guys last year in February, and we're going to do it again, obviously next week in Fargo when we're there for uh, Nationals at Shields Arena. But that was just one of the many instances that I got to experience for the first time with you guys that just showed me just what a special group, what a special group of, of coaches, athletes, the people that bring the game like what UNBA do, Jerry, to the, I mean, everybody involved, the curling community, it was just, that was just one of the many examples I saw and I felt the entire time why I knew and now know that why curling is so different, but, but so, so special. Yeah, you can't imagine, you know, the amount of uh, time and effort these players put into their game. But then when they get to a competition and they're willing to go talk to fans and do the interviews and do the autograph sessions and help us in the booth when we have uh, webcasts, when they have when they have an off draw. um, These are really great people. Um, I haven't met anyone that I've uh, (laughs) in this game that I that I don't like. they're special people. And when you see special people do great things, you can get really excited for them. And uh, I think uh, you, you had shown this to me this morning, that team Schuster was trending on Twitter. And I think that, you know, this is, uh, this is something else. And this is just overall Twitter. This isn't just like, you know, uh, some local thing. This is, uh, they were like 13th on my list. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. The other part of it is a lot of people can't figure out how to spell Schuster. (laughs) So right. we were missing a lot of those <laughs> those tweets that went out there too. Yeah. Well, people like to add that that pretty, that pretty extra incredible C day. In there. Yeah. 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 yeah right. it's, As we'll power through. You know we're, what? It, it's yeah. It's the it's the day that I've been waiting for since I started uh, probably working in the sport. I've been yeah. involved with USA Curling going back to I'm trying to think. Like we we helped. Uh, uh, it was between Dallas uh, Biddle and myself uh, he, when he was still involved. Uh, we built the USA Curling website for them. Uh, and this was prior to them now with, with the current iteration that they have of the site. And then, of course, we've been doing the, the line scores and live scores for all the events. And I think that goes back to somewhere in the 2005, 2006 range that we've been doing that since. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being involved with U.S. Curling, we've seen the potential forever. Yeah, and now we've got the team that has broken through. 
the personalities on this team are amazing. I'm looking forward to the talk show circuit when this is all over. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that, Jerry, because I was thinking this morning, I'm like, these guys are going to get walk into closing ceremonies. These guys are going to hustle home. I was trying to kind of do the math in my head, maybe get home about, oh, Tuesday. These guys win a gold. I mean, you're going to have everybody wanting to part them, but they're going to want to go home and do a little bit of laundry. They're going to have to go straight to Fargo because, you know, yeah. really to kind of get there things. There won't be much time. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where – you really want them, and let's all hope we are obviously hoping, praying, and on bended knee that these guys win the gold. But even a silver, they're going to come home heroes. But you win a gold, boy, you open up a whole whole new avenue of, of publicity. And, you know, I think certainly if that bounce will still be around several weeks later, even after nationals, uh, you know, I think also because I'm, the hockey guys and some of these other sports that take up, suck up the air in the room. But still, you got gold medalists potentially if they win this thing. That bounce will still be there after uh, nationals. Do they? Uh, I don't follow the U.S. athletes nearly as closely because we've got all the Canadian coverage up here. But is there an athlete outside of Schuster if he wins the gold medal that's an obvious pick to carry the flag? That's actually a a great that's question. A great question. Yeah. I would say that if it's not, I would say that Lindsey Vaughn would be in the conversation. Um, this being her last Olympics and having won uh, several. But as you know, uh, I'm, not, well, I'm not sure if Team Canada does it. It's usually an athlete vote. Um, okay. And the athletes typically vote on that. So I don't know how that would fall. I would think that Lindsay would probably, Joe, help me. Just I'm running through my memory bank right Maybe now. Maybe one of the, the figure skaters, uh, the Rippin. Is that his last name? No, because he, he sucked. Uh, no, he didn't win. Uh, he didn't win squat. Um, right. He finished tenth. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe if they decide to go, you know, kind of a human rights kind of statement, that might be. Um, but I'm trying to think of somebody that would be. Usually, it's got some kind of decoration to it. You know, that you've want. You've either personified yourself in terms of some unbelievable sportsmanship uh, situation, but it's usually in terms of decoration with, you know, your accomplishments, things you've done and won, and also how you carry yourself i mean that's that's part of it but yeah i would think of but there's Vaughn, nobody who's like dominated on the metal stand that's an obvious pick though right <sighs> no no i don't i didn't think so had a very good winter olympics to be honest yeah so i noticed this, that I mean, a little maybe bit down somebody the from the ring. women's women's hockey team but yeah. I, I don't know I've, i don't have any names for you hillary knight from the hockey team was somebody i thought of but i'm not sure if like angela ruggiero who was one of the older ones a couple of years ago she would have like been a pick she's uh what i can't remember she's on the uh, usoc board i th- there's got to be maybe somebody like that maybe one of the uh the cross-country skiers because they won that gold medal first ever medal uh i believe in cross-country skiing for us uh yesterday i don't know that's a great question because the, i don't I don't know if there's anybody that stands out in terms of uh, you know an Olympian. You winning gold. I mean, John, four time Olympian. You win the gold medal, the first ever gold for you. I, to me, John would be in the conversation. My question. Yeah, I think you've answered my question. Yeah. Schuster should be carrying the flag if he wins the gold medal. Well, do you think? I may, think so. Maybe we can, like we've got, uh, or we got to give credit to the uh, the founding card carrying member of the hashtag Hamilton Mustache Militia, Chris Plies, <laughs> for helping get that going. But maybe we could get something uh, trending as far as John carrying the flag. But I think we got to wait and watch him win gold first. Yeah, win that gold medal first, and and uh, go from there. Yeah. All right, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk with Jeff Isaacson, two time Olympian, manager of the. 
Chaska Curling Center in the Twin Cities, curled uh, with John Schuster and for Team USA in the Olympic Games 2010-2014. Excited to get uh, Ike's reaction, see what he thinks, uh, and just kind of uh, let him uh, spill some of his emotion and, and thoughts on what's gone on over in South Korea. Just really excited to talk with Ike uh, coming up here in the next segment on the Extraction Rim Podcast. Welcome to Sports Network, powered by Isagenix. All right, back here on the Extra Extra in podcast, and now going to talk with Curling Glory and a, a good friend of our team, Tim uh, Team Schuster, and certainly one of their uh, former teammates, the man himself, Jeff Isaacson, curled with uh, John and uh, John Benton, uh, John Schuster, of course, who we're referring to, Smitty, uh, and Chris Plies, obviously, who we had on yesterday, curled with the Team USA in the 2010 Olympic Games and now runs the Chaska Curling Club. And Ike, one of the, if not the nicest guy in the entire sport of curling, uh, just Ike, uh, appreciate a few minutes. <laughs> Just You're too kind. Well, it, you know, it's we, we talk truce. We like to talk in uh, facts and truce here. But you know what? What just you know from from your standpoint, I mean, you've been with these guys. You know these guys. You you've been in this situation, the pressure of the Olympic Games, and you know what John has gone through in the past. Just simple. What has this been like watching? Obviously, you know, defeating Canada now twice and, and stamping your chance to go play for the gold, curling history in the United States. What has it been like to watch this thing unfold? Well, it's been an incredible journey, I think. This week's been insane, you know, the ups and downs. You know, I I watched the start of the week, mm-hmm. and it was a struggle. I mean, the team looked, you know, from an outsider looking in, just in disarray. Uh-huh. I mean, it didn't look comfortable out there. Um, there was just a lot of chatter, a lot of communication that was just unnecessary, like uh-huh. three skips every shot. And it just didn't look like they were clicking. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're sitting at two and four, and it's not looking good with Canada, mm-hmm. Great Britain, you know, the top of the standings left. And it's like, you know, and John did that interview, um, you know, where he broke down on it, and it was just, it was very telling of his character. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, you know, an incredible moment. You know, I watched and rewatched that many times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it tells a lot about him, you know, it's because, it wasn't characteristic of him. You know, he's a incredibly talented player and to see him struggle out there, it wasn't, you know, it's just like something wasn't clicking, Mm -hmm. you know, he did that interview and came out the next day against Canada and it was a completely different team and a completely different skip, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just like, Holy cow. He looks comfortable. He looks confident. You know, the team dynamics are better and it just kept game after game after game getting better. It's like, who the heck are we watching here? I mean, this is awesome. You know, it's like this is the John we know, and this yeah. is the team we know. So, what change? What do you think changed? I mean, what? I mean, how, or I don't want to say how did it change because we're not in the room. But I mean, what? Maybe how did? Maybe that is the question. How did it change? It just you start hitting some, you know, you know, playing well, and uh, you know, just you just kind of settle back into a comfort zone or a groove. I mean, how, what do you, I don't what know. Do you think? I'd yeah. love to understand what the heck happened. You know, you know, he referenced the inspirational Dan Jansen video, you know, which is an inspiring story. And maybe, you know, we watched that something just clicked for him because he came out as a completely different person. You know, it's like, we've always talked about, it's going to be a heck of a story someday that we're going to get to write, you know, and 
I don't think that was the story. You know, it was not going the way he was hoping, obviously. And, yeah. You know, it's like this has to change and something changed. You know, um, you know I had known John for a long time and, and you were in the trenches with him in 2010 uh, at the Olympics in Vancouver and, you know, going and 14, through yeah. and, and 14. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I totally forget 14, but yeah, you I mean, you've been through this a couple times and, um, I I guess you know having gone through the toughest of the tough with him in 2010 and 14 this I don't want to say redemption story but this this change and this this satisfaction that John has got to feel because I mean this is something that he obviously is completely 100% responsible for some forming his own team getting in the best shape of his life having gone through that uh you know what you went through with him what do you think that this is is like for him internally it's got to be incredibly rewarding you know it's just you know I told kind of his story this morning to a group of co-workers uh-huh. that, you know and it's just got to be incredible you know leading up to 2010 you know it's just I think, you know, he was the first to admit in that interview he didn't have his best week mm-hmm. and underperformed. And, you know, I think we had a really good team going into Sochi, but I think, you know, we went to Scotland, come back a week. We went to Germany, come back. Next week we're in Switzerland, you know, the month leading up. Mm-hmm. I think we just went into those games a little tired. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't get as many wins as we probably should have. You right. Know? And then to get booted out of the program and, you know, come back the way he did and curl the way he's done this week. It's just, you know, it's an inspiring story. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Talking with Jeff Isaacson, two-time uh, U.S. Olympian, uh, former teammate of John Schuster and, and the guys. But, you know, what is it like for you, Ike? Because, you you know, again, you went through this with him, but you have got to feel, and everybody that, that curl with John, in some shape or form have got to feel a part of this because, you know, obviously being former teammates and, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a believer of that. And, you know, with the way <laughs> everything's did happen, you know, he in some ways reinvents himself. But people like yourself and, and Smitty and, and, and John Benton and Chris Plies and, um, I mean, the others that have curled uh, with you guys in the Olympic Games and in between, you've got to feel s- some pride, s- some real pride. And, you know, we got a little bit of a part and hand in this. What's going on right now? Well, I believe so, absolutely. I mean, you obviously you play – at that level, you spend a lot of time together, a lot of time practicing, a lot of time on the road. Um, but I think John will be the first to admit, you know, he's, they've already talked about this is, you know, for our teammates, this is for our fans or curling club members. You know, mm-hmm. it's for everyone. I mean, everyone shares in the success. So. Yeah. Yeah, as you curl with uh, John, obviously, in 2014, Jared Zezel, and obviously Lance, who's on the team right now, and Craig Brown was with you guys in 14, and then your 2000 team uh, was Smitty, uh, um, John, and uh, John Benton and Chris Ply. So, um, you know, we're watching it unfold. I mean, I just, I guess let's talk about what we have in front of us. Uh, you know, I, what is what is this matchup against Adine and Sweden hold? Because they're going to have a day off. They're going to kind of get to regroup a little bit, kind of take a little bit of a breath of fresh air because you know that you've got to, you play Canada, your work is not done. You get the chance to play for gold, but look, we've got one more. Does that day off kind of help them reset a little bit, get their feet back on the ground after celebrating a little bit? 
I think it certainly will, just to get everyone <laughs> calmed down from the incredible high yeah. they must be on. So just to refocus, you know, you know they're going to go hard for the gold. And you know, Nicholas has had a pretty incredible week himself. Mm-hmm. He's playing really well. And but John and John's played that Sweden team many times and had success in the past. And you know their team's playing great. So we're hopeful for a great final and a, whatever the outcome. You know it's already huge success so we yeah. just hope it's gold <laughs> and, and you reference the chapter so i'm curious what is that chapter what no matter gold or silver these guys have won uh you know they're going to come home i i'm a believer I, that you guys that have been through this journey with him should be you know have the opportunity to wear one of these medals because that's as, to me as big a part as you're you've been you've been through this thing with him what do you think that chapter, gold or silver, doesn't matter? What do you think that chapter in, in that last one for John Schuster, at least in this chapter of what's going on, what do you think that title is going to be? <laughs> oh, man, I can, I'd like to know what the title of the book's going to be, too. <laughs> I did it my way or something like that. Yeah. Well, finally, uh, I can just we appreciate uh, just a few minutes here on, on the podcast with us. It's always I hope we'll get to see you in Fargo. I'm guessing probably that uh, things at Chaska are gonna are, are overwhelming right now, and the roof is coming off with excitement and people coming through the door. I'm hoping we'll get to maybe have a Ike sighting at uh, Shields Arena in Fargo for nationals uh, starting next weekend. But you know, tell us what uh, you know. Everybody can check out ChaskaCurlingCenter.com. Uh, you run the uh, the curling center there at, at Chaska. What has it been like around the club these last few days and, and through the Olympics? I mean, I'm sure this time every year is is popular, but uh, everything that's kind of gone on, what has it been like at the club? Well, this is going to be the first Olympic cycle that we've gone through since mm-hmm. we opened. Um, so a lot of our members are still learning a lot about the game. And, you know, now with it on TV and the Olympics, and they've got to see this team, you know, they've been down here curling, so there's just a tremendous amount of excitement around the place right now, which is just awesome to see. Yeah. A lot of people talking about curling Our learn to curls are filling up as they always have, but even more interest now. So it's, it's fantastic time. Yeah. Wrapping up with curling manager at the Chaska curling center and two-time Olympian, Jeff Isaacson, Jeff, real quick, tell everybody, uh, anybody listening, uh, especially in the twin cities area, what you guys have to offer at Chaska. We know it's the, one of the Taj Mahals of curling, not just in the United States, but around the world, you know, learn to curls coming up classes, leagues, tell everybody how they can get involved, want to give it a try where they can get more information and sign up. Yeah, as you referenced the website, ChaskaCurlingCenter.com, that'll have most of our information. Things we do are learn to curl classes. We try to offer them several times a month. Um, once you do a learn to curl class, a lot of people elect to start in leagues. So we have beginner leagues, which are going to be offered in you know, spring and summer. Great time to start the game. If you're new to it, jump into one of those leagues. And, we, and other things we do, a lot of team building activities. We're busy throughout the week, Monday through Friday with companies coming in. So that's certainly an option to get on the ice as well. So. Well, boy, you had the Super Bowl in town. Now you've got the Olympics going on. <laughs> I know you're going to have the final four. I think it's next year. But, boy, Chaska Curling Club, Curling Center bursting at the seams. Uh, I know it's a lot of fun having, you know, it's it's more fun when you're working hard and having people out on the ice as opposed to just kind of a uh, uh, a lot of downtime, Ike. But just uh, – you know, look, very little downtime here. That's for sure. That's a good thing. Well, Ike, it's yeah. uh, your friendship is appreciated. Uh, your time is uh, is incredibly valuable. Just thank you so much for a few minutes here today. We'll catch up with you soon.
Absolutely. Thank you. Good luck to the team. All right. That's Jeff Isaacson, two-time Olympian from the Chaska Curling Center. Again, check them out online for more information, chaskacurlingcenter.com. We'll be right back here on the Extra Training. All right, let's finish up our roundtable, if you will, or this uh, this version, episode 34 of the podcast, guys. Um, Tyler said something on the podium, Tyler George, earlier uh, in the post game, where he mentioned that, you know, obviously them not being done, uh, but he mentioned that what this is going to do for the sport collectively nationwide and helping us, you know, grow curling at the grassroots uh, level. I think that was a I thought that was a fantastic point for Tyler to make, especially doing it when he did. Um, I saw the tweet about it, and I think that was something that uh, you know a lot of clubs not not just hearing it, but obviously feeling it with a lot all the learn to curls and stuff where we get ready. The USCA does a great job getting uh, stuff out to clubs about how to prepare and you know take advantage of the Olympic bounce. Um, but something now that a lot of the clubs, and I was at my club, a big fundraiser with uh, Jamie Korab the other night and uh, some other people downtown, and talking about, and they, some of them really didn't understand, but the more I talked about it, I saw a little bit more head nodding that we need a medal. I don't care if it's bronze, silver, or gold, but now that, that we have a shot at a gold medal, at worst a silver, that is going to inject so much into the grassroots level of the sport of curling. Yeah, and I think that's huge, and you know that that in itself is is uh, uh, great for the game. And you know what, Tyler's interview, you know, kind of expands upon that too, and it kind of expands upon the type of people they are. Yeah, you know, growing the game in general, not necessarily growing their own pocketbook. Yep, and growing their own opportunities, which is, you know, I think everybody who plays the game in the United States has thought about this in some way, one way or another. That you know, if only this could happen Mm -hmm. because collectively everybody will benefit from that. You know, I think at this point, you know, let's hope Schuster's team has sealed some potential big time sponsorship out of this yeah, so that they can actually do this full time for real now going forward and, and become even better. You know, the sky's the limit, I think for this team, if they've got the opportunity to play more and make a living on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get a couple of big name sponsors in there uh, backing this team and, and then, you know, the TV exposure that hopefully comes from it uh, coming up in the future. You know, this is yeah, this is an amazing day for for U.S. curling and for curling in general. Yeah. I'll, I'll read something to you here. And, and I just gave her a follow. I said I wasn't going to talk about her uh, because of uh... – <laughs> The earlier events, but Kirsty Alley uh, just gave her a follow here on Twitter uh, with the Team Schuster uh, stuff. But she tweets, at Team Schuster, all best for the gold. I have no idea what the rules for curling are, but the rule for the U.S. is gold for the win. Heart, heart, thumbs up, thumbs up, gold medal emojis and stuff like that. How quickly you can get people to turn. And I, <laughs> and I say that not to make fun of her at all. But just what an injection when you get on this kind of pedestal, the biggest stage in the sport, the Olympic Games, but you you're literally can taste. You've got a gold medal potentially in your hand, what it can do to flip the popularity of an entire sport. It's just, to me, it's just surreal to kind of watch this unfold 
and certainly we're going to see this unfold for the next coming weeks and months and hopefully years. But to me, it's just really been a kind of a surreal experience. Yeah, it's, you know, story after story of, of people finding the game and, and, and coming to it. And, you know, it's endless out there right now with the interest and the, and the exposure for it. And you know what? One more game to go and a gold medal game. You know, that, that one should, should collectively trump the entire, entire lead up to now. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you've got the United States playing for gold. I saw somebody tweet hoping that NBC would put it on the main network. You yeah, know, I was I hoping that, that too. That'd that would well. be uh, a good start, and maybe that's something we need to start lobbying <laughs> a little bit for too. Well, it, you know, get that Twitter machine going. It would help because at one thirty-five Eastern Standard Time, I'm not really sure what other live events. I guess the, I guess they will. They'll have other live stuff. They'll they'll want to put on the the Big Boy Network, but. I would settle for it just being live on NBC Sports Net. Forget the main NBC. If it's live on NBC Sports Net like it was here in the States, you know, this morning, I would be totally fine with that. But as we look at uh, a Dean and Schuster, how do you size this thing up, guys? I mean, John has won, what, three of the last four? Obviously, that one loss was earlier here in round-robin play. But before that, you know, John's had Nicholas's number. And... You know, you take motivation after you know a guy that certainly you know you can walk out on the ice and beat any day, any time. Uh, this being the Olympics, a little bit different, but still, you know you you've knocked him off before. You can do it again. Plus the fact that you got beaten earlier round robin play, you're red hot. You're going to have a full day to really reset. I like John's chances, guys. I know Nicholas is the favorite, but I really like the way this sets up for Team Schuster. I would be a lot more honestly. I would be a lot more nervous if this were the Swiss than this being the Swedes. Yeah, I think so to a degree. I, you know, the the matchup is good for Schuster. We go back to the summer during the uh, the high performance camp in uh, Colorado Springs at the USOC uh, uh, base there, and one of the teams we did some we heavily researched and and looked at was Adine's team. And they had already, they were coming off some success against Nicholas at the Worlds last year at the, at the Champions Cup uh, Grand Slam event. And so we actually took a deeper dive into their numbers. And there's some interesting stuff about Adeen at the end of the game. Uh-huh. They are not invincible up one without or down one with. Mm-hmm. And so for Schuster, I think that plays well into their game. You know, the key for Schuster to beat a Dean is to get to the last end. So now that takes some of the pressure off of, of playing a Dean. And, you know, that's the point of the analytics in general is that, you know, you kind of compartmentalize what you need to do at the end of the day in a game. You know, you don't have to, you know, win the game in, in the sixth end. You don't have to make big hero shots because they're going to make them all the time. The key against the Dean is to whittle away, keep it close and keep playing as good as they are right now. You know, if they come into the game playing as well as they did against Cooey, I think it's going to get to the 10th end. And then at that point, you know, if, if Schuster's down one with the hammer up one without or tied with the hammer, you know, they're in a great spot. And, and I think that needs to be their goal to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And that sets them up for the win. Yeah, I totally agree. They, they have the potential here to hang into hang in this game um, and make uh, Adine think a little bit. Um, you know, 
I think they've got a great chance. I mean, they just looked so strong today. Schuster was, I think he threw over 98% on his hits. I mean, they were, they were just awesome today. And I think that if they can keep John's confidence up and he's making shots, um, they'll hang with them. They'll definitely hang with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, his, the history of playing against each other, you know, the game they did play at the Olympics, that's when Schuster's team was struggling a bit early. So I think we can kind of take that one out, but you know, he's beaten Canada. He's beaten Switzerland. He's beaten great Britain. And then he beat Canada again. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, that's the gauntlet right there. Yeah. I mean, you've done it before. There's no, no reason it can't happen again. I, you know, I just, I think I'm trying not to think ahead. What if, what if this happens, but we are right on the, we are 10 ends, potentially 11 from that. What if being true guys, this has been a incredible experience. It's been incredible to, to watch, to be kind of knee deep in it with, uh, you know, kind of doing their digital and social stuff. And I, I wish I could kind of even put into words the metrics and, and the things I'm seeing just come through digitally on Facebook and Twitter for these guys. But it's just uh, it's hard to believe, and it's hard to believe that we're going to be doing this with them, with uh, Chris Plies, who was with us yesterday, and, and so many others at Nationals in Fargo. want to make sure we plug that, Joe, before we get out of here because – uh, we will be at uh, Shields Arena starting, what, next Friday, prepping, and then on Saturday, March the 3rd, boy, game on. you got seven days that TSN will bring you every single draw of the 2018 USA Curling Nationals. Yeah, the whole TESN crew will be there, including you, Price. Uh, we're going to have seven days of wall-to-wall curling, and uh, as a result of that, that all that is going to be on usacurl.org. Uh, that's where you'll find uh, the feed. Uh, we're lining up all of our guest commentators uh, as we speak, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. A little bit different, uh, probably atmosphere, but probably a nice party atmosphere for Schuster and Victory. Uh, make that even better, but uh, should be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, now Ross' team isn't going to be there, um, yep. but um, you know they have to prepare for a couple slams, so um, that's you know all well and good. It's exciting for them as well. Uh, but we'll have a, a, a national champion on the women's side, and most likely that'll be uh, who represents us at Worlds. So uh, what a lot of people have wanted this year is exactly what's going to happen. A good chance that the winner of nationals is going to be that representative at Worlds. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was the case. So that's not the case. That is it still points? Yeah, it's still points-based, but they've lowered the, the threshold that yeah. the teams have to meet. Yeah, and I, I believe that. it's instead of being top 25, the threshold now is top 75. Okay. And I believe the point total that they have to have coming in is something like 40 points. Got it. Um, there's the two options. You had to be either either or. You had to hit 40 points or you had to hit top 75. And so it, it opens up the door for a lot more teams to have that opportunity to, to win and go. Um, but, you know, again, you know, we talk about what the system has done. The system has created a team like John Schuster. Yeah. You got to remember, you got to remember the the previous years he played in the Olympics. He actually had very little world championship experience in those years leading up to it. In 2010, he went the year, the the year before in 2009, because that year winning the national championship was also the trials. So he went to the worlds in, in New Brunswick, Canada, Mm -hmm. and then was the Olympic team because of it. But John didn't go to the World Championships again between 2010 and 2014, but then he won the trials. So 
So now he's going to the going to the biggest world's event without really having a ton of experience. And now, you know, the way this system's set up, it's it's made it possible for a team like John to get that experience and, and to send the team that's going out and playing a lot and getting the, the points and the experience. So let, let me you know, ask kudos to Schuster. Let me yeah, ask this qu- just one question to you guys before uh, we get out of here. Um, and I, I guess maybe it's not the question to ask, but I'm, I'm curious because if they were to win a gold medal on Saturday, is there any thought chance you guys would see at all that they would decide not to play in Fargo? I doubt it. I think they want to go to Vegas. Yeah. I think they want to participate in that event. And that's a pretty huge carrot at the end of the day, too. I agree, especially it being in Vegas, the kind of it being on home soil, it being in Las Vegas. We, we've seen the Continental Cup crowds and stuff that's, that's drawn before. I mean, I agree. I just was curious what you guys would say in, in, in your opinion on thoughts on that. Joe? Yeah, I think I would put their chances of going to nationals at probably about 90% unless like somebody's injured or, or sick or some, some crazy scenario, because I think um, if I'm a a silver or gold medalist and I have the opportunity to celebrate uh, with a couple thousand uh, rabid curling fans, I think I'm going to take that opportunity. And uh, I think the carrot that, uh, that Jerry mentioned is, is the added bonus. I mean, uh, a world championships on your home soil, um, particularly if you're the gold medal winner, like uh, at the Olympics, man, I, I can't imagine it being any better in the curling world for a U.S. curling team than that scenario. Yeah, I agree. You know I, what? There's actually John's actually gone through that before. You go back to 2006, and uh, after they won the bronze medal in Torino. They go out, they win the nationals. I'm not sure if the nationals was before or after the Olympics. Uh, that year actually 2006 they would have been anyways sorry excuse me on that one I don't know if it would have been before after the Olympics whether they won to go to the worlds that were held just outside of Boston that -hmm. was the year it was played in Lowell Massachusetts that's right and opening draw or opening day Saturday night Pete Fenson is playing the Irish team who qualified for the worlds that year and of course, we're in Boston, where there's quite a bit of Irish influence. Mm-hmm. And the crowd might have been, and at the time, it was definitely the best curling crowd I've ever seen. It was a hockey crowd. It was loud. It was rowdy. And the moment I remember from that is that it was a tight game, mm-hmm. and Pete Fenson had to throw a draw for the win. It was tied, coming home, and the the fans are just like bouncing off the ceiling yeah and pete's in the hack and the crowd is still screaming and yelling (laughs) and and polo does the old quarterback walking up to the huddle you know bring the (laughs) bring the bring the sound down uses his arms and the crowd gets it they know right and it goes silent and pete fenson is sliding out we're up at the top level at the end and you could hear the crackle of the pebble under pete's slider it was that quiet. And as soon as he let go of the stone, it was back to full volume. Yeah. Like in an instant. <laughs> it and doesn't surprise made, me at all. Yeah. And they made the draw for the win. And it was, you know, one of the most exciting experiences I've seen in the game. So, you know, for John to do that again and have that opportunity, I think uh, that's probably going to stick in his head a little bit. Too. Yeah. 
All right, let's go ahead and uh, any final thoughts, guys, uh, before we get out of here? No, I think I think we've covered it all. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jerry, for joining us, man. Yeah, always, always love uh, talking curling with you guys. Oh man, it's been fun. Oh God, I just—it's going to be a, the wait's going to be eternity. Uh, I'm actually glad that the game is about an hour and a half later. Now it's going to my Saturday's going to suck because I got to take my wife uh, to a half marathon at about six a.m. Drop her off. I'm thinking probably when the game time ends, there's no sense in going back to bed for maybe thirty or forty-five. Of course, if they win gold, there's I'm a float through the rest of the day. But <laughs> I, I did. I can see Saturday shaping up to be a mess. <laughs> anyway you shake this thing out but look guys just uh, appreciate uh, Jerry and, and Joe you guys both um, you know we've got a lot more coming we're I, really excited to do this in person again and uh, Fargo starting next weekend like we did during the trials I don't think we're going to do this every single day there because boy our workload is a lot heavier uh, with a lot more draws each day than what we had at trials but we'll, we'll, we'll obviously get some stuff we'll do a trials preview uh, next week we'll also starting next week uh, bring you a couple interviews from the uh, I did two interviews uh, um, a couple weeks ago with our Paralympic team and the Paralympians who are going to represent us uh, at the Paralympic Games coming up in, in South Korea. I believe it's the exact, almost the exact same time, guys, that we're in Fargo for uh, Nationals. Really, really uh, hope everybody will listen to these two interviews because it was some really powerful messages that they had. They were moving to me to talk to. So I want to bring, start bringing those to you uh, and everybody next week. Uh, as we'll probably get, I'm thinking maybe two podcasts in next week, Joe, uh, kind of wrap up the Olympics uh, and everything and then certainly preview nationals. But uh, anybody want to listen to our previous podcast? Certainly, Joe, everybody can do that. Uh, you want to? I'll let you take it. Why don't you take us out and tell them where they can listen to it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Apple Podcasts, your Google Play Store, uh, uh, obviously on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we archive every uh, uh, podcast on esn.us slash podcast and also Play a Pod, kind of a new podcast app out there. We are featured as one of the podcasts on Play a Pod, so definitely check that out. Yep, absolutely. So uh, check it out. Uh, share it with your friends. If you are uh, exploding with curling fandom, if you've been with us through the beginning of the year, just thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening to every episode. Uh, but if you got new friends that are uh, just bursting with uh, curling fever, share the podcast with them. Let them know it's out there. Let them know what we do. Uh, have them tune in, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully we'll hook them like we've hooked a lot of others. But, uh, guys, we'll get out of here. Appreciate everybody listening in. Episode uh, number 34. I got episode wrong yesterday. It was actually episode 33 yesterday. This is 34, but thanks for everybody listening. The Extract Trim Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network, powered by Cygenics. We'll talk soon. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th in Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast, powered by Isogenics. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. 
we can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit Bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.